Breakaway Emergency Podcasting with Ryan Mead and Greg Kappel. And Greg, say hello. Yikes. Yeah. I was through described today besides yikes. First, it was funny. Right. And then it got annoying. It was super quick. Like, I asked the Magic 8-Ball this morning if Kevin Shattenkirk would be traded. It said no. Sources said no. And then it lied. It's just like every Magic 8-Ball has ever lied to me before. Here we are. But from going to so many different beat writers, preferably Larry, actually, I guess, in this situation, really not knowing what's going on with this buyout window, and by the way, still really not knowing afterwards, Colin kind of cleared it up, I'm still a little confused, to immediately Kevin Shattenkirk getting bought out, which is the one thing that you and I have kind of been fighting against. I've spent the last 30 minutes waiting to do this podcast, sort of just reflecting, messaging Hockey Statminer, asking questions, and... I still don't really know how to feel other than, like, a little disturbed. I don't... I, I feel like this, they had to make this move. Otherwise, why would they? I, I just... I can't right. I can't so, imagine otherwise why they would. The the buyout fuck-up. Yes. Uh, I think we should start... The window fuck-up, we should say. Let's start there. Because we were having a lot of jokes being fired off. I know I'm responsible for some of them. We were giggling uh, and laughing was, like we've never seen it was hila- like It was hilarious. So what, what really happened there is... It, People translated three days after the signing as, all right, signing happens, what, Friday? Mm -hmm. So then window opens Monday, but it's three business days. So, all right, signing happens Friday, window opens Wednesday at midnight because that's after three business days. So there's your clerical error, right? Uh, Now I'm with you. I've I've had a lot of thoughts about this, and uh, I know we are on limited time. So I want to explore some of those thoughts with you, try and – Talk, our, talk ourselves through this. Yeah, I think there's a lot, I came, a lot to go over here, though. Yeah. Came to two really big conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um, the first being that the market for guys like Nemesnikov, Strom, it just doesn't exist. I agree with you. I just and want to get this out of the way right now because I totally agree that there is no way you could trade for them or trade them right now. And I think other GMs, like we said this with Colin, right, this week – are using yeah. the situation that the Rangers are in as leverage. Yes. So there's there's just no market for those guys. And if there's no market for those guys, then buying out Smith doesn't do you anything. You're still in the red. Therefore, unless you're buying out two guys, you can't buy out Smith because he. it's the one scenario where he actually doesn't make enough money. And you're not going to trade Strom and Domestikov to free up enough space to do everything you're going to do. Therefore, the only guy you can buy out to free up space for this year is Shattenkirk. And that is unfortunate. It's, it's unfortunate for you. Okay, going and I'll go. Well, I, let me hit you with the – well, actually, no. You say your part and then I'll hit you with the other scenario. The, the, the most unfortunate part about that is I feel like Shattenkirk is a much better player than Mark Stahl still. Correct. E- even though I like Mark Stahl. I, I really do like Mark Stahl. I know it sounds crazy. I really do like him. But I think Shattenkirk is the much better player to keep of the two – now you st- we still need to make things happen here to make to get under the cap. It's not over just because we bought off Shaddy. There's still other things we have to. Well, get Shaddy, done. the Rangers now have about 1.9, I think, in in um in cap space, which probably isn't enough for it's more it's, it's more than that. But you have to give D'Angelo Lemieux in a call up. Yes. Well, D'Angelo Lemieux in a call up, Ed, but they're probably we'll get there. We'll get okay. There. Okay, keep going. Uh, scenario Shaddy. number two. The market for Chris Kreider just can't be as good as we thought it was. So I, I, I have a lot simple. of feelings on this too. And my my theory really relies on sort of negotiation, right? And 
And, you know, as the president would say, art of the deal kind of situation. Because with with Kreider, everyone knows. Like, all right, let's just pretend we're in fantasy leagues together, Greg. We we are. Like, if you're trying to ship a guy, everyone knows you're trying to ship that guy out, so they lowball you. Everyone's lowballing Gorton right now, saying, dude, I know you got to get rid of Kreider. Here's what I'll actually give you. And giving him the lowest offer possible and not budging from it. And they have every right to do that. Because they know that even though Chris Kreider is a value, is a good player, could help them win, they're not desperate to get him because they still feel like they can get him at the trade deadline. And they could get him right now for a low ball because if Gordon has his back against the wall. So there's no reason for them to be like, okay, so you want this first-round pick for Kreider? If another team gave gave up, a, like, pretend you're the Avalanche or some other team, I don't know, pretend you're a team with cap space that could sign Kreider, maybe Boston. Like, if you gave up a first-round draft pick, your fans would roast you. They would be like, are you kidding me? You gave up to the, a first-round draft pick to a guy who needed to trade this guy to get under the cap? Why would you do that? So that's why I think Kreider has no value, and that's why Gordon's stubborn and holding his nose. He'd rather hold on to Kreider, get the future value with him, or sign him. We, I still don't know if the Rangers are going to sign Kreider or not. They actually might, despite me thinking they won't. But I think they'd rather have the value or hold the negotiation... Had the value with Kreider than, and buy out Shattenkirk than rather trade Sh- uh, trade Kreider for uh, pieces, uh, or I don't know, 20 cents on the dollar? Maybe 30 cents on the dollar? Well, not even that, but just think of the other trades that have happened this offseason. And maybe we did a poor job of framing this. Just look at what Nikita Gusev, just the Devils had to give up to get there. Basically nothing. Look at what the Nashville Predators got for P.K. Subban just to have the Devils take the entire salary off their hands. Basically nothing. Mm-hmm. None of the big trades... The Rangers got Truba at a premium because he wasn't under contract anymore. And even then, we've laughed at the return for Jacob Truba because the Rangers knew the Jets couldn't pay him. There hasn't been – there really hasn't been a good hockey trade. And Gusev, by the way, it could be could be a better – we don't really know this yet, but could be a better player than Chris Kreider. And they yes, got him, they, so the market – the trade market right now, straight up, is depressed. It It's that simple. It is 100% a buyer's market. GMs know that, and there's just no value in trading Chris Kreider. And we've criticized Larry Brooks for some of his takes on this podcast. Yeah, come on to the podcast and defend yourself, Larry. He is right in this regard. You don't trade Chris Kreider just to clear $4.6 million, right? Because even by doing that Chris and Kreider buying out Smith— Chris Kreider is not a salary dump. He's just not. No, and if you do that and buy out Smith, you're still—you're basically in the same situation you are right now with just buying out Shattenkirk. So you, if you're not trading Chris Kreider for just a salary dump, you're not buying out Smith, then you, the Rangers are in a position where buying out Shattenkirk has become what they have to do. And you and I... I'm not happy like, about it. No, I'm not happy about it at we all. Are, we are very much on the record. We've been on the record for a very long time about how we don't like it. I'll put but this now, on the record right now. When he's a part of the New Jersey Devil organization next week, I'm going to be he's pissed gonna, off. He's, I'm already excited to I told you so people when he's actually good next year. All right. But we live in a world where Shattenkirk's getting bought out. That's true. Let's try to defend it for a second. All right. Okay. So we mentioned how this creates about $1.8, $1.9 million in cap space for the Rangers moving forward. Yes, sir. And they still have to sign Lemieux. And then next they year they still have to sign DeAngelo. Next year it is a six million dollar cap hit, yes. Correct. But at the same time, six million dollar cap hit, Shattenkirk would have been on the roster anyway. So it's not like, it's not, the Rangers haven't added expenses. It's just that they're not 
reducing expenses for next year. Okay, and and Rick but, Carpinello's well, logic let, for well, this is let, actually let, let's focus. Let's focus on this year first. Okay. So the Rangers probably need a little bit more cap space. Uh, I do think this specific move with Shattenkirk is Brandon Smith's death sentence for being on the NHL roster. I think it's a guarantee the Rangers bury him. I think that he's lock, up. locked up in the AHL all year long now. Yeah. There's, so I think that, there's no way out for Brandon up, Smith. That brings up another $1,075,000 in cap space. So the Rangers are probably in the $3 million window now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's enough money to get both Lemieux and D'Angelo signed to one-year deals. And then if we're looking we're looking towards next year, all right, here's who's coming off the books. Greg, Our boy Greg McKegg. Oh, no. Yes, yes, but Foss will need a new contract. Matt Bolesky's off the books. Yep. Nemestikov's off the books. Yep. Kreider's off the books. Strom's $3 million salary's off the books. He's a restricted free agent. Um the Rangers right now sit on about $16 million in cap space for next year. And that will in that cap space includes Shattenkirk. I think they're saving what? Is it even $500,000 next year on Shattenkirk? Yeah, 500000 not saving anything, that's it. really. I think that's about it. Um, so the Rangers, in real in realistic, $16.5 million in cap space next year. And if they're only doing a one-year deal with D'Angelo, he'll need a new deal. If they're only doing a one-year with Lemieux... He might need a new deal. Maybe the Rangers walk away from him. Uh, it brings up the question, and this is where we get to. Does it become more important with this buyout for the Rangers to extend Chris Kreider? I know they play different positions, but if we're talking, if we're talking New York Rangers building this team long term, does it make sense to buy out Shattenkirk? eat shit next year, which is what they're basically going to do on his salary, go into free agency with only $16.5 million, which, as we've now seen, doesn't really negotiate you a lot of room. Is it now more important for the Rangers to sit down with Kreider and be like, boss man, we need to come to a six-year extension here? I This is a really tough question for me. Mostly because I'm emotionally attached to it, and I, I, as a as a serious reporter like myself, I shouldn't be so emotionally attached to the situation. Chris Kreider's definitely my favorite Ranger before Capacaco. I, I love the guy. I just don't see his game aging the way I'd like it to. I feel like by year three, I'm disliking Chris Kreider on my team, or I'm getting mad that he's there. And I, I just don't want to feel that way. I think his game ages poorly. Now, who else would the Rangers sign next year? I don't know. I don't know who the free agent class is. Fortunately, I'm sure it's not great, but. I just can't imagine a situation where they do that. They haven't even talked to his agent yet. I, I, I know that maybe this changes everything, and maybe they sit down and say, Chris, now's the time. Like, we have to do this. But I, it's just a move I'd be against, despite my serious love for Chris Kreider. I just don't see how it happens. You, you want to keep yourself flexible in this time where you're going to be growing and you're going to be in cup contention. Yeah, and... Agree just... with your noise. Well, it just it sucks that the Rangers, no matter what happens, are going to eat shit on Shattenkirk's salary next year. And it sucks. Well, to to finish my point Let's from just... earlier, Carp was like he was going to be sitting in the press box either way, and you were paying that money no matter what you did. Which I guess is yeah. a good point. If he was going to be sitting in the press box for two years, you might as well save the five million this year, and then pay him what you were going to pay next year anyway. If he's sitting around anyway, 
This is my my whole, uh, the thing that. Uh, but then you also have to factor in the Rangers are now going to pay him for two extra years. Yeah, at north of one point four. What one point two one point four million dollars? Yeah, something. according to Hockey Statmeyer, I think it's one point four. Yeah, but let's just run through the list here. These are defensemen the Rangers plan on carrying on their roster at some point next year in some capacity, and we're just going to play a game. It's a simple game. Yep. Is Kevin Shirk Kevin Shattenkirk better than X? Right. Okay. okay. Just. We're talking purely play. Now, you and I no are, are, are big Kevin Shattenkirk defenders, despite what analytics some might say, or Gar War, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I know uh, some of the older beat writers, Carpinello Brooks, have not been fans of him. We are, are bigger fans than, of, of them, than of Shattenkirk than they are, rather. Sure. Is We'll, we'll start with layups. Is Kevin Shattenkirk going to be better next year than Mark Stahl? Yeah, he is. Is Kevin Shattenkirk going to be better next year than Brendan Smith? Yes. Is Kevin Shattenkirk going to be better next year than Lieber Hayek? Yeah, probably. Is Kevin That's Shattenkirk close. next year going to be better than Adam Fox? No way. No chance. That's a even that saying you that way though, Ryan. You are expecting a lot from a rookie defenseman to be better than Kevin Shattenkirk. I just think because Adam Fox has the has the athletic ability that Kevin Shattenkirk lacks in that situation. Yes, I'm expecting a lot from the young defenseman, but I do believe he's he's a Calder uh, contestant at least for next year. That's fine, but Adam Fox will not be the first rookie defenseman to struggle in his first year in the NHL. No, he will not. You're right. I mean, we just watched a, a number one overall pick sort of struggle for a little bit. So, yes, I understand that. It is it is a much safer bet in my mind to say Shattenkirk will be better than Fox next year. And that, I think that, there, that's a little spicy. I think it's a spicy take, to be honest. I, I think it's a good one, but I think it is spicy. I, I, think, I, think, it's, I think it's brutally unfair to Adam Fox to expect him to be – better than what Kevin Shattenkirk is going to give some team next year. I think that I think asking him to be north of that is is just unfair for a rookie. A rookie. You're right. He is a rookie who's that's true. I, but Kevin, he, he, either either way. I, I'm doing it just basically based on, going on to, athletics here and, and watching Kevin Shattenkirk play on knee injuries. That's what I'm basing it on. Gun gun to our head, we would say Kevin Shattenkirk is what? The fifth best Ranger defender next year? Truba, Shea, D'Angelo and you're making the argument for Adam Fox. Absolutely. There aren't going to be – there's not even going to be two more defenders that are going to be better than Kevin Shattenkirk next year on the New York Rangers unless Hayek takes a leap that neither of us are totally prepared for. I not, not that – again, not that we're expecting Hayek to be bad. It's just I think people are forgetting the baseline performance of Kevin Shattenkirk, specifically on this New York Rangers team, a team that clearly – wants to at least be competitive next year. I'm not saying cup contenders, but they don't want to be dog shit next year. You are buying out a guy who is comfortably in your top six. Well, let, that me, is, let me make some cases as to why they kept Mark Stahl instead. No, no, because I'm going to agree with you. We, for the longest time, have just said they view Mark Stahl more of an extension of the coaching staff than they do a defenseman. And he plays on the penalty kill. Despite maybe not well, despite not well. maybe not well, yes, I agree. But that- I, I think all all Mark Stahl support. I, I'm not even saying the Rangers should have bought out Mark Stahl. Also, can I'm we just, just that- get this out of the way? And I know we don't fucking need to talk about this at all. Can we just make Mark Stahl the captain these next two years? If he's going to be around, he should be. He's earned it. Or just don't give out the C until Stahl's gone. Correct. Just keep giving the A's out. Correct. But the crazy thing, I guess, the crazy thing to me, not so much. It, it's. 
I've come to understand why the Rangers have made this financial decision. I still don't 100% agree with it. I still think the Rangers in this mindset are their own worst enemy and probably should have just ate shit on a Nemestikov trade earlier in the offseason before the draft or before free agency opened or even at last year's deadline. We know teams were interested at Nemestikov during last year's deadline. If the Rangers weren't happy with the return they were getting but knew that this type of financial situation was coming up. And again, Jeff Gordon is a smart fucker. Jeff Gordon had to have known scenarios existed where he could have netted Jacob Truba and what it would take to sign him and Artemi Panarin and what it would take to sign him. He's done a lot of good where we both comfortably can say he should have seen this coming. And if that meant eating shit on a Nemestikov trade, and getting what we probably would have assumed as less than a valuable asset, it should have been done. Now, it's easy to say that now, because again, I know if that trade happened at last year's deadline, you and I would have been like, we would have, that seems fucked up. We would have been like, Gorton has lost his edge, but now that he's got Panarin, like, I think not knowing or not guaranteeing, this is where tampering, or not tampering rather, is is uh, a disadvantage for the New York Rangers, right? Because these NBA teams and other teams that know, like, in advance, like, we knew Shattenkirk was coming, right? We knew it. It was like, we we didn't tamper, but we had all the information in the world. With Panarin, we were kind of down to the last second. Like, we actually didn't know if he was going to be a Ranger until the day of. And if we knew in advance, I think Gordon makes those moves. But we didn't know. And then once we do sign Panarin, every other GM says, no way I'm helping you out. No way I'm doing that. Even for a discount, I'm not doing it. I just don't it see it. It sucks. It sucks. The The financial situation the New York Rangers found themselves in is if you're, if you're not getting offers for Chris Kreider, offers that are acceptable, and I think it's smart. For, if, the, if Chris Kreider is going to get traded, let it be at the deadline. Let it be when the market has changed for him. Let it be when teams can Well, you saw Gordon maneuver. at this deadline. He got first-round picks for players that probably didn't deserve them. Zuccarello literally almost brought you back a, a first-round pick, and I love Zuccarello. I, I, I love Zuccarello, so, so hand up right here. Love that guy. Love that hobbit. Then signed – Zuccarello then immediately signed one of the worst contracts in the league, okay? for like That's just who he is. He signed for five years in Minnesota. Then they fired their GM a month later. So Gorton has just traded a player that almost got two first-round picks who was 32, traded Kevin Hayes, got a first-round pick who traded back for, for Truba. I still trust Jeff Gorton. I just think he got blindsided by getting the best player in the free agent market. And and, and that sounds crazy, but that's what happened. And then he lost all his leverage. That's just all it is. The thing I have to wonder is, even if you only get what you get back for VC, if there was a market for VC, and I know he makes roughly half of what Nemestikov makes, I just, I find it incredibly hard to believe that I just a, a I can't team believe. wouldn't take Vlad I, you know for what? a fourth rounder or something like that is what you're saying. Here's 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 the thing. I need I, you and I maybe maybe me more than you. I just need to recalibrate how I can how I think about the NHL because we saw the report today. You mentioned the oh, Minnesota def- Wild definitely you more Paul than me Fenton. because dude, I I, I just self admit that I have no idea what's going on with the NHL. You we've talked no, about no, this, but not even of, that. Not oh, even okay. that. We don't know what's going on. I think we need to take into closer consideration that 95% of GMs in the NHL, fucking idiots. 
Just like I, I think that's really what the, the you, line you is. You saw here. the Torelli report, right? Torelli. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I even popped off that no league will be as stupid as the National Hockey League. And here you and I sit trying to be like, it doesn't make sense that teams aren't trading for these guys that have value. Maybe they're not trading for them because they're just fucking dumb. And I, I really do think that at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to for you and I. We work under an assumption that GMs are always trying to one-up each other, whereas in the NHL, I just think a lot of them are fucking stupid. And I'm not saying Gorton's one of them. I think Gorton just, it seems with some of the moves he makes that he gets frustrated that he knows he's the smartest guy in the room and he can't take advantage of these idiots because they're so stupid they can't be taken advantage of. Right, it's like Yeiserman, it's him, it's... Uh... I would say Brisebois in fucking Tampa Bay, the fact that... Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on fucking Ottawa. Just literally eating money that they Helping know they them. don't even have to pay. Helping them. But and it's just it, – it's, it's frustrating, dude, because in, in a logical league, in a logical league – The Leafs, too. Sorry. There is no scenario where you should be in a position where you have to buy out Kevin Shattenkirk so you get cap compliant. But we live in a world where the smart GMs know they won't have to trade for Shattenkirk. And the dumb GMs just see a salary cap number and not talent. So they're not going to trade for Shattenkirk. I swear to fucking God, if the Maple Leafs sign Shattenkirk to the minimum and that dude just fucking crushes on their third pairing well, all year long. Get ready, dude, because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. It's just, it, I, oh my lock God. it up. And He's going to be a devil the, or a leaf. Like, lock it up. And it's one of those other things. It's just like we're all sitting here. Asking ourselves why the Rangers couldn't just eat 50% of Shattenkirk's contract and trade him to someone that needs a defender. Jake Gardner hasn't fucking signed with anyone. We're in we're in August, and Jake Gardner, who was the best defensive free agent on the market, hasn't even signed. There's the, the, NH, the NHL is the stupidest league of the big four in American sports. It's bar none. It's hard to Old argue style. against you, if I'm being honest. The NFL for a while was right behind that, but the NFL contracts mean nothing. They're just paper. They mean nothing. So you can just throw everything out all the time. It doesn't matter. With the NHL, you actually have to eat your losses, and it hurts your teams for years. For way longer than the NFL. Way longer. So It's incredible. It it's really incredible. It, we're going to be, we're the, gonna be the, paying Shattenkirk for four more years. I'll be 34 yep. when we stop paying him. And ugh, that's disgusting. And on top, his, 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 you know what's funny? His contract will officially expire the same year Dan Girardi's contract expires. That makes me sick, Greg. That makes me actually sick. I, <laughs> the I Rangers wanna... are going to pay. I think the Rangers are going to pay two point five million dollars in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, and twenty twenty three to Dan Girardi and Kevin Shattenkirk. I want to. Oh God. I uh, sorry. I'm having a brain aneurysm. Um. Can we just talk about for a bit of the actual day that Kevin Shattenkirk signed with the New York Rangers? I want to just flash back to this. Because sure, hit me. I was at the gym, no, not a brag, and I remember being at the gym and like working out and just constantly looking at my phone if Shattenkirk had signed or not. And when he signed, and I saw that he took a hometown discount, and that he signed for four years because we didn't want to make a long-term commitment, but we wanted him because he was the most prized free agent that year. I remember being so happy and being like, I can't believe this guy wants to play for us so badly that he took a hometown discount. And two years later, Greg, two years, we literally bought him out. And, like, I do feel really bad for him. We had his college coach come and play, come and coach for us. Like, it's a dream scenario for him, and he's just not, he can't, we bought him out. We couldn't do it. 
And I just think this whole this whole situation sucks. Everything about it is terrible. Uh, and I'm just not happy. I it's impossible to have predicted just two years after that signing that this is where the Rangers would be with Shattenkirk. We I remember the day he signed, you and I kind of being bewildered that he only took four years. We yeah, thought because uh, was... the rumors were that the Devils and the Lightning, both teams, and I believe there was two more suitors, had offered them seven years. Yeah, I. Um, Sorry, Shaddy, that sucks. I, I hockey issues, cap, salary cap compliance issues aside, can you think of a more heartbreaking ending to Kevin Shattenkirk's homecoming than this? No, man. Like, what's the more what's What's the more heartbreaking thing that like his knee injury is a little more serious and he can't play hockey anymore? That's the only thing I could think of. Even then, though, like at least then he would know it's just it was not anything right performance wise. It's it just, just medical. bad luck, right? It's I just think of all the things that oh boy, oh Aaron's boy. having a hard time with this too. Um, <laughs> just think of all the things that seemingly were in Shattenkirk's advantage when he signed with the Rangers. Took a discount, so it would be hard for the Rangers to ever be like in a situation where they felt his salary would be a burden. He went short on years, so the Rangers didn't have to worry about what 35-year-old Kevin Shattenkirk was going to be like on their blue line. He's playing for his college coach, a man who was heavily involved in his own wedding, and it got it apparently got to a point with his own college coach, the guy who recruited him, the guy who should know Kevin Shattenkirk's game, his abilities, and his things he can do on the ice for his team because he's done it for years. That guy should be able to get the best out of Kevin Shattenkirk. All of that happened, and the New York Rangers still decided to walk away and rather pay him two additional years than literally anything else. That's wild. It's unbelievable, Gregory. I, I'm i sort of at a loss for words in this situation where it's like, this guy gave it all, gave it all up to try and have a chance at greatness, to try and make one cop run with the Rangers. We immediately rebuilt after signing him, like immediately, and he got hurt and didn't play any really meaningful games for the Rangers. I remember, what's your... Here's a great question. I, I, I ask this sincerely to you. What is the most fond moment you have of Kevin Shattenkirk as a Ranger? Right? I know. Nothing really stands. I, 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 think I of, feel like my most fond moment of Kevin Shattenkirk as a Ranger was the idea of him playing with Ryan McDonough. Yeah, wow. Isn't that something? Uh, but, some, but that is not really his fault at the end of the day. He got hurt. Immediately. Yep. He was misused by Elaine Vino immediately. And he struggled. I again I will say he struggled. We when we did our grades for the Rangers season, I think you and I gave him a D. And I was we even had this conversation on Monday with Colin. We said Kevin Shattenkirk, if we're being honest, probably played at a D plus level considering what Kevin Shattenkirk is. The caveat to that that I feel like a lot of the fan base forgets is a D-plus Kevin Shattenkirk is still better than a lot of what the Rangers run out on defense. So it's it, it sucks, dude. It really does. I, I've i come to a point, I, I don't know if it's like grief, denial, whatever the fuck it is, 
I've come to the point where I understand this move financially, considering you're not going to get anyone to take Nemesikov's deal. You're not going to get anyone to take Strom's deal. You're not going to get anything of value to make it worth trading Kreider until the season starts. And buying out Brandon Smith doesn't do enough for you. So I get it. This was literally the one move the Rangers could make to create the cap flexibility where now all they have to do is bury Brandon Smith in Hartford. Fine. I admit that. I accept that. I hate that they got in this situation, but we forgot how fucking stupid this league is. All those things aside, Kevin Shattenkirk would have been one of the six best Ranger defenders next season. The fact that he's not a New York Ranger makes them a team. Full stop. I don't think we have to go much further than that. No. And it's it's something they my, have to do. We both get it. But the, the New York Rangers are not a better hockey team today because Kevin Shattenkirk is not a Ranger. My final conclusion is that the buying out Mark Stahl wouldn't have been enough. Wouldn't have been enough, enough money, or they felt like it wouldn't be enough, been enough off the cap to make things happen. They got caught in a situation they didn't want to. I'm sure they didn't want to buy out Shattenkirk. They couldn't pull any trades or deals somehow. And they decided the only real explanation or the only real decision to make in this situation was to buy out Shaddy, despite how much it might have pained them or didn't. But I'm assuming they did not want to do this, and they, they were, their hands was forced. I can't think of another situation because I just respect Gorton way too much, and especially with Davidson here now. I just don't think that happens otherwise. Unless they had to, I just don't see a reason why they would do it. So that that's to me, it feels like they were forced to, and that's the only way I can accept it. And that's been a Boosters Breakaway Emergency Podcast. Uh, to end this emergency podcast in the last 30 seconds, I'd like to just thank Noah Syndergaard for staying a Met for Greg's sake. Okay. We'll be back <laughs> on... <laughs> we'll be back. Marcus Stroman. All right. We'll be back on Tuesday, as always, every single week for the last four years to talk to you about the New York Rangers. And Greg, will have, Greg and I will have some time to digest what just happened. Maybe some other moves will happen. We'll have some other news to talk about. And I think we'll have a guest this week that'll be able to provide some clarity. Who knows? We'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening. Love you. Follow Greg on Twitter at Blue Shirts Break. And follow me at Orion Mead where I have some old takes exposed after today's uh, eight ball reading. Bye.